Welcome to another episode of Tell Me About Your Damn Book. I'm your host, Stephen Lomer. My guest this week is a paranormal fantasy romance author. And once you meet her, I promise you, you will never be the same. Ladies and gentlemen, Artemis Crow. Hey, thank you, Stephen. Thank you so here. much for being here. I, I really like that appreciate intro. it. That was good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very appropriate, too. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm so glad I got it on the first try. I know. How much whiskey did you have to drink for that? A lot. A lot. A lot, yes. So you'll have a, drip, a little dribble for the end of the show. That's fine. Oh, sad, That's sad. fine. That's all I need. That's okay. all I need for cheers. Um, so I'm going to start with your bio. Most of your childhood was spent moving from one military base to another with friends coming and going out of your life, so you turn to books like the Wizard of Oz series for entertainment. Getting lost in each new world fed your wild imagination. That paired with your adult philosophy that anything is possible primed you to be drawn to the worlds of fantasy and the paranormal. You live in the Northeast with a tolerant husband, four <laughs> senior Doberman girlies, and a beleaguered German Shepherd. When you're not gazing at the stars and thinking about infinite possibilities, you're busy writing the next book in the Zodiac Assassins series. Yes. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, the moving from uh, one military base to another. Were, were you an army brat? Air Force brat. Air Force. So my brat. dad was career Air Force. Okay. So I was born in Dayton, Ohio, okay. and was only there about six months, and then we just started moving around. Then ended up in Puerto Rico, where my little brother was born. Wow. And then when my dad retired, we were in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. And from there, we went to Fort Worth, Texas, where I finished out, you know, got my high school degree, went to college there, met my husband there. Uh, but since then, we've been in the South okay. uh, until now. Okay. So if you hear a few y'alls and, you know, <laughs> oh, bless your heart, <laughs> you know, don't, don't fret. That's, that's what it's all about. Okay, I won't I'm fret. I'm bringing a little bit of the South to this interview. <laughs> okay. okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, any other authors in the family? No. So you yeah. are the... I am the one. You are the one. But we have some avid readers okay. in the family, and that's, for me, where my journey started, was being an avid reader. Okay. Uh, people often ask me what it's like to, to write a novel, and I compare it to uh, running a road race. Uh, I don't enjoy running the race at all. I, it, it, the only thing I enjoy is finishing the race. <laughs> but in order to finish it, I actually have to run it. So yeah. you have to go through the pain and the agony to feel that that sense of victory and that happy and, burn, yes, and cross that finish line, and, and um, so yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's my thoughts yeah, on writing a novel. That kind of feels like it, or you know, I don't know if you've had this happen, but you get to the end and you go back and you're reading through mm -hmm. and to do your to start your editing, right? And you're like. I wrote that. <laughs> yes, I actually yeah. that came out of my brain. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it, it's sometimes very. It can be very humbling. Yeah, you're like, wow. I, I mean, this is really. Good. I'm happy with this. You know, not everything. Not everything is perfect, but. This is really good. Yeah. You know, I can't, can't. I don't even remember coming. When did that come out of me? <laughs> what, what, what part of the road race did, did that did that come out? Right. Anyway, so that's the fun part to yeah. me, for me. Absolutely. Now let's gut it. Yeah. Well, I, I know, and I'm the last book I wrote was like 127,000 words. So there wow. was probably more guttage that needed to happen. And I actually took out two really large scenes. Oh yeah. Uh, in two different chapters, and uh, I still ended up with a big book. Wow. But that happens with paranormal fantasy. Sure. Often in literature, yeah. There's a lot of genre in literature mm -hmm. that that lend itself to 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 big books. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, 
I'm afraid mine are going to be like the Harry Potters where they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know. But then you can but charge more for it, each one. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. But if only it was like J.K. Rowling. I'd be so happy. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I think we all could say the, yeah, could say absolutely. the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no question. Um, doing those those monstrous edits, taking out really big chunks, was that difficult for you? Oh, oh yes. Uh, and I, since I'm a self-published uh, author, I mm -hmm. have an editor. Okay. And uh, and a cover designer uh, for the novels, and I'm doing the covers on the, the novellas. But she wrote back after the first pass. You know, of course, it's just completely red every page on the <laughs> Word document. You're like, oh, oh Jesus! I, I call it the crime scene. Oh, it is. It is so <laughs> bloody. Uh, but she got to it, and she said, you know, this just doesn't fit. I can see where these characters need to come in down the line, but probably in another book. And you know, you have to take. <gasps> A deep breath and say, okay, just think about this logically, think about it, uh, and, and take you know, your heart out of it. Just, and, and she was right. So I pulled, every, I pulled both those chapters out completely. And th those two characters appear in a couple of scenes, just small little scenes right mm -hmm. at the end of the book. And then they'll be featured later on okay. in another book. Sure, that makes so, sense. Yeah, so it worked out. So that wasn't so painful. But I also, in order to mitigate a little bit of the pain, <laughs> the sting, <laughs> the, the brain blisters that you get whenever you have to take something out, I keep a deleted scenes file for every book. Oh. So that if in, I happen to be able to use that later down the line, I can do so. Okay. And it's not lost for all time. Okay. As long as they don't like lose the... Lose like, the file, right? Lose the file. Sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah. but that's, that kind of mitigates the, the pain of having to delete things. Okay, that makes so. sense. Um, does living away from the big city help you keep focused on writing? I don't think it would have made a difference. Really? No. Um, because I, I'm one of these people, as my husband can attest, that he could have the TV blurring and I'm sitting like right next to the speaker, and I'm I'm in it. Really? Once I once I get it get the story. Once I get going on the story, it's difficult to to get my attention out and make, take my attention away. That's fascinating. And I, I know, it's, but in, in the, like my husband can't. He can't have any noise. Right. Yeah, me either. You know, he just yeah. he's just got he's got to focus. But for some reason, I can tune it out. Huh. And so it wouldn't have mattered if it was horns blaring and lots of traffic. I could have been in New York City. It wouldn't have made a difference. Wow. But I do have to say, I love where we live because we're in a smaller town, uh -huh. uh, and we have a really large lot, 2.3 acres. Nice. So with the big dogs, yeah. they have an acre fenced in to run on. So that that is great for me because when I am like getting brain blisters, you know, <laughs> because I'm like, oh, I can't think anymore. Right. I can get up and take the dogs out and go enjoy nature. Nice. The sunshine and put for the Frisbee for Ryder or German Shepherd. Right. So, yeah. So it, I don't think it would have mattered. It could have been anywhere. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so you're an indie pub. Yes. Did you choose that path or did that path choose you? A little uh, more so I chose it, but I did query a couple of um, agents. Okay. Some some high name, you know, like uh, one of the agent, uh, Pam Ahern, I think is her name. And she reps Alana uh, uh, Andrews. I don't know if you've read any of hers. Uh, so I, I, rep, I, I queried her, okay. and she said she thought I had a really strong voice, mm -hmm. and she really liked the idea mm -hmm. of the story, but she really did not have the time, because this, this series is going to be 13 novels, 12 novellas. Wow. So I queried a second agent. I know. I know. What was I thinking? Zodiac side. Don't do that. Oh. Um, so so I, I sat back, and I thought, okay, both of these agents were kind enough to write a handwritten note saying that they really liked what they saw. They liked you know, had a strong voice, so that was all good. Mm -hmm. But I was, I understood that New York or any of the other publishing houses 
why are they going to take the risk on an, a new author for such a massive series? Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, let's just do indie publishing because then I can keep I can keep a lot of what I want to do in the books. Mm -hmm. Uh, but again, as an indie author, you ca I can't stress enough that you need to have an editor. You need to hire a professional editor yes. because they find things that I just have overlooked 50,000 times looking at the book. Sure. And so to keep you in, on track, check continuity issues, which mm -hmm. are a big deal, so you don't have one character be Mitch at the beginning and Matt at the end, <laughs> which I have not done, but I, I'm sure. That's not sure. a true story. I, no, that's not a true story. <laughs> but I, well, it is, but I caught it in time. Oh, uh, okay. You know, so you, you know, in your published book, you don't want to have Matt and Mitch or Mitch and Matt. Right, um, right. But, uh, but it's, it's fun, and then I have a cover designer, like I said, for the novels. Mm -hmm. uh, but the novellas, I wanted to go a little bit less expensive and do something simpler. So the novellas are black and white covers with one or two primary colors added in. Okay. So I, I'm doing those myself. Nice. Uh, still editing, still doing the editing. All the books will be edited professionally. Yeah. And uh, But the hard part right now of the indie is getting your name out there, mm -hmm. finding your readers. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm struggling on. Now I've got three books out. Right. And I'll have the fourth out uh, the next November will come out in the fall. Okay. And then this about this time next year the, the the third novel will come out. Jim and I did Ringer. Nice. And so um, yeah, I'm just going to keep trying to find my readers, go to book signings and do interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Like this one. Like this one. <laughs> I'll always come back for other interviews too. Yes. Good. Yeah. All right, so that will be what 25 total interviews. Yeah. If we, if we do the novels <laughs> and the book? novellas. 25. Okay. All right. Yep. So this will be great. We'll we'll look really nice and young in this one and then go God knows what we'll look well, like. We, we need to like take this this uh, you know video and like dub in some different audio. <laughs> kind of like you're looking at a Japanese movie. And, oh and yeah, the, 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 there you the, go. The sure. mouths are going like na 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 na. You're like, but they just said the. <laughs> anyway. All right, here here I'll, I'll do you a favor, okay? Uh, so you've just released. And then we'll dub in the name of the book. Okay. Uh, and we won't have to we won't have to worry about my got mouth it, not got matching it. Took it. me a second there. You see what I'm saying? Took, took see, me a we're second all set. So, so we are set for years and years. Good. You're, you're, good, you're good. good. You're good to go. Um, so the, the author fair where we met. Yes. Uh, I don't think we had met prior to no. that. Um, a fellow author who shall remain nameless uh -oh. described you as a little nuts. <laughs> Now, do you wear oh, that honey. as a badge of honor? Oh, baby. <laughs> that is a badge of honor. <laughs> as a badge of honor. I will take that and run with it. Okay. In fact, if, if, if that unnamed, unknown person will like put that in a quote, I'll put it on a book. <laughs> I will put it on a book cover. I'm telling you. I will put it on my website. I just crows a little nuts. I think we're all a little nuts. Uh, yeah, we should, yeah. I, I think well, you know, authors especially. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we're humans. Yes. And humans are a little nuts. Yes, all that's of us. true. So that's I'm just true. hiding a little more. I just let mine go. <laughs> I just, just baby go. Many authors we have on, on the show maintain a robust online presence. They have Facebook, they have Twitter and all that. You're the first author with a Pinterest page. And I'm really? so excited to, oh. to have you talk about your Pinterest page because we've Fellow never authors. had that before. Fellow authors. How does it help you? It is a huge help. It. The reason I did it is I'm very visually oriented person okay. and and I went to Pinterest and DeviantArt looking at fantasy images and I spent thousands of I mean I've looked at thousands tens of thousands of images and I took the ones that made me go oh! and then I wanted to have those Pinterest boards 
with just the name of the species, the images that inspired me, and a little bit of information about what they are okay. for the readers. Not you know, it's not for me. It's for the readers. And the reason I do that because they can go to that Pinterest page and they can visualize what I was thinking. So if my descriptions are maybe not, you know, perfect, mm -hmm. or they're like, well, what, what, how did, what did she, what made her think of this? Well, they can go to my Pinterest boards and they can look at Leo, they can look at Scorpio, they can just see the people and, and the artwork. And one of my projects that I'm going to do is I, I want to make sure I give attribution to every artist that I've drawn inspiration from. Oh. So what I'm doing, uh, I'm going through Google Images. To, it's a lot of times on Pinterest, you don't have an attribution. Right. And you can't follow it back to an attribution. So I found, figured out Google Images allows you to load an image. They will find it online, however they do their, their programs. And then I can go to that, that uh, artist and I can put down the name of the piece, the artist's name, and the artist's website. So wow. I've just started doing that so that I'm hoping that I can get as many of my images have the correct attribution. Okay. So that people can go right to that artist and if they love that piece, they can buy a piece. Wow. Buy a print or buy an original or whatever. They can just discover that artist. So it's, I'm hoping I can do some interviews with some of them too. Uh -huh. but, uh, but primarily it's for the readers. It's wow. the readers and I encourage all writers to uh, to take the time to to create a Pinterest board. I don't care if you're doing a cozy mystery in some little town. You can find images that would really just excite your readers. And the readers that have come back to me and said something about the Pinterest page, you're like, that was so cool because I really got to see and and everything I thought this person looked like was exactly what you have or you know in, in your on your Pinterest boards. So it's it's fun. It's a, it's a good talking point. It's a place to start. Sure. And if you're for those writers who are not sure how to maybe bring a reader in mm -hmm. based just on the blurb or, or or reviews, that's another way to bring them in. Sure. Send them to your Pinterest page. Have some really cool evocative Im images uh -huh. uh, that are representative of your book and get them excited about your book and then maybe they'll go buy it. Wow. So that's, right. that's baby. great. That's great. That's <laughs> tremendous. Like I said, we it's, we have not free. had someone. It's free. Yeah. It takes your time. Yeah. It takes a lot of time, but it's free. And you can I don't care what kind of world you, you've developed, whether it's just like I said a small town mm -hmm. uh, or you know, full high fantasy. There are images that you can find sure. that will inspire you. Nice. So excellent. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well as you know we have a gimmick on this show that oh. we are contractually obligated the to whiskey? fulfill. No, not that. No, no, no. <laughs> so Artemis Crow. Tell me about your damn book. Okay, so the one we're talking about today is Libra's Limbo. Okay. It's the second novel in the Zodiac Assassin series. So okay. Lion's Roar was first. It was a novel. First novella was Leona's Descent. Okay. And then now is Libra's Limbo. Okay. So Libra, like I said earlier, is more of an intellectual. And you know, Libra is all about the scales and maintaining true balance. Well, Libra is living a half-life at the beginning of the book. Okay. He, is, he is so afraid of his dark side of his scales that he lives only in the light. And so he is very frivolous. He is all about designer suits and you know wanting to get away from being an assassin he doesn't want to be an assassin anymore and that's the big that's his goal at the beginning of the book so to do that he wants to become the um the ambassador to from to the paranormal world to the human world wow. so that's how he thinks he can be best served because he's the most human like and also because humans will never phase him they will never make him mad so he, they will never challenge his scales the balance of his scales the way he has it now 
Well, it, he, of course, he can't live like that forever, mm -hmm. and he um, his uh, he has a nemesis from his past who ends up taking um, his freedom from him. Okay. And the heroine in the story, who is the polar opposite, she is like the little gypsy queen. Uh -huh. She is all passion, all instinct, everything that he abhors, who, and they just, they hate each other. They, okay. they, they, they met in the first book, they don't like each other at all. <laughs> For a particular reason, she uh, decides to help him. Okay. And the two of them have to go on a mission, uh, and the Completion of the mission will hopefully, you know, gain him permanent his permanent freedom, the biomass freedom, and forgiveness for her for helping him. Uh, but they both have very, you know, very set reasons why they're doing what they're doing. Okay. Um, and I, you know, the, the it, they go along, they have adventures, they yada yada, things happen. At the end of the book, as one reader said, the twist will just blow you away. So we also have a segment on the show called Questions from the Great Unwashed. Oh, yay! And these are questions submitted via social media for you. Really? Uh, they, they run the gamut. You never know what you're going to get. Tess from Georgia uh, says, I'm guessing Artemis Crow is a pen name. Where yes. did it come from? Well, I, I, my maiden name for, for Crow, my maiden name is Bird. Okay. So I thought, ah, ah Bird, okay. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to have a name that was not, um, uh, that was gender neutral. Okay. I didn't want it to be, you know, too flowery. Sure. And I love my my married name, Nuccio. Okay. It's Leslie Bird Nuccio is my real name. So that's my real name. <laughs> but it, I, I love it. I'm proud to be a Nuccio. But it can be impossible to spell. Sure. And even harder to pronounce, uh -huh. as my husband could attest. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so I had to explain to my in-laws, and, and I felt bad because I didn't want them to think that I didn't love the name. Right. But I've also felt like for a paranormal fantasy genre, I wanted something strong with a lot of mythology attached to it. Okay. And so I liked, that's why I liked Artemis. I've always liked the name Artemis. Mm -hmm. So that was a very strong name. Sure. And really cool, you know, great Roman goddess. Yep. And then you've got Crow. Crow's got so much mythology attached to them. Oh, yeah. So I just thought it was a really good pairing uh, with a lot of mythology, a lot, a lot of backgrounds to yeah. it. And just strong. Yeah. It just flows well and is strong. Dalen from Rhode Island wants to know, do you have a favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> There you go, Dalen from Rhode Island. Hi, Dalen. That was easy. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, I, I am the F-bomb girl. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> I like those quick and easy answers. Oh, those yeah. are good. Are you sure this is, this is going to be PG-13, right? It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Loose Juice 67 asked, where can I get one of those Got Crow shirts? <gasps> Well, you know what? I didn't make this. Um, I actually saw it on Facebook. They had an, an ad, I think. Uh -huh. um, but you know what? Go to go to Cafe Press. Just you know, create a document. Just says Got Crow, whatever font you want. Slap it on your own design. You can put out T-shirts, sweatshirts, whatever through Cafe Press, mm -hmm. and just make your own. Okay. So that that was probably the easiest answer because I don't have, I don't even remember the company exactly. But it's a cool T-shirt. It's a very cool and I will be doing more. I'm going to actually do some in a different font, more like the book fonts, uh -huh. book cover fonts that say Got Crow, and put them on Cafe Press because I've already started creating designs for T-shirts and sweatshirts and things. Okay. One of them being Corvus wards. Uh -huh. The Corvus ward, uh, they're kind of a, a crow humanoid 
They've literally got crow feathers, special follicles with crow feathers with, that are within their black hair. Neat. They have black eyes or red eyes. The royalty have red eyes. Okay. But I wanted to make it de de uh, democratic, so you don't just because you're a royal doesn't mean you're going to produce a royal child. Uh -huh. You could have the lowest servant class produce a royal child. Oh. You don't know until they hit puberty. Okay. And when they hit puberty, if their eyes turn red, they're a royal. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So it's very democratic that way. But um, so I've started creating sweatshirts with these, you know, big crow wings on them. And Morrigan, the goddess Morrigan, the Celtic goddess Morrigan, is the one that created them oh. back in 3600 uh, BC. Okay. So I've got these cool sweatshirts that Corvus Ward established 3600 BC, <laughs> the Morrigan. And so eventually, when I get enough different designs, I'm going to put them up on Cafe Press. Okay. To sell. Excellent. People can buy them. Okay. So the got crow though, that is something that you can make yourself. Okay. And very easily. Nice. All right. Excellent. Um, Donnie from Vermont wants to know, do you form an emotional attachment with your characters? Yes, but of course that means I'm really, really, really ugly to them the most. <laughs> the ones I love are the ones I've hardest on. Right. Yes. And finally, uh, Queen of Denial 88 oh, good name. <laughs> asks, as an author, what's the biggest mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? Um, you know, uh... You know, that's kind of a hard question, actually, because there's so many. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, I, I, think, I think not pushing myself harder to find where I needed to go sooner. Hmm. Uh, it, and that, that and um, if, if somebody's starting out in indie pub publishing, the best thing they can do for themselves, even without a book out yet, is to be out there on social media making waves in any way they can. Make, you know, work on your platform before, mm -hmm. you know, long before you put out that first book. And, and you don't have to be trying to sell yourself so much. It's just make connections. Mm -hmm. Just reach out to the readers and go, hey, you know, here, here I am. You know, what, who are you? Tell me about yourself. Right. That, that is what marketing really is about, honestly. And, and you can start that even before you have your first book out. Right. And, and I encourage, that's something I wish I had done. And I would encourage anybody that is looking to start or maybe has ju is just finishing their first book, if they haven't done social media for your author, pay, you know, done an author page, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, you know, all these places that you can go, Tumblr, wherever. And set up yourself an account for you as an author account mm -hmm. and start putting your name out there because that will help you in the, in the long run and get you readers to you and excited about what's coming mm -hmm. faster. Sure. It's harder to catch up right. than, than writing. So that was probably the, the biggest mistake. And then I would say one other thing pertaining to book signings that I would really, and I've only been to a few, mm -hmm. I haven't been to many, okay. but I love what I'm doing and it shows. Yes, it does. And <laughs> I mean, I could talk, I could, I would tell people I need to buy a timer and take with me because I swear to God, I could talk for an hour with each person that right. comes to the table, sure. you know, and I, I don't want to do that to them. So I'm trying to keep it short, but I just get so excited because it's just so much fun. Mm -hmm. And one couple, there were two couples that came by the last book signing I was at and they came by and they said, we just loved your enthusiasm. You know, they said, we go to these things all the time and people just sit behind their table and just don't smile. Yeah. They barely even engage or look at you when yep. you go by. And and they said, your enthusiasm, even if we weren't going to end up buying your book, your enthusiasm drew us in. Mm -hmm. And they may not be a reader that day, they may not buy, but they might buy later. Very true. And I got to say, if you're not loving your book and what you're writing and putting out there enough to force yourself to be happy and enthusiastic about it, then why are you doing it? 
What's very the good, point? Very good question, yes. You know, or, or why are you going to book signings then? If it's, may, right. if it's such drudgery, right. the people see it. And yes. you know, they may stop by your, and they may pick up some swag and say hi, or even ask a little bit about your book. But if you're not engaged, if you're not in there, thinking, hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm excited to be here. If you're not doing that, they're, they're just going to go on. Sure, why, sure. Why, and, and if you love your, what you're doing, and this pertains not just to writing, it's anything, any, mm -hmm. any kind of creative act in your profession, if you're not loving what you're doing, it's going to show. Sure. And it's it, people just will not be drawn to you. So be happy that you're even sitting there. You've got a finished book. Mm -hmm. It's ready to sell. Yeah. That in itself is a huge accomplishment. Very and it's true. one that you need to celebrate every time you're in public. Yes. Every time somebody asks you about your books, you need to go, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I got a story to tell you. And so do it. Bring yourself. Even I don't care if you're the biggest introvert in the world. Uh -huh. You can find that moment. Yes. You can fake it. Yes. For four hours sure. or two hours or however long for an interview like this. Sure. Of course, I I don't fake it, but no, no. <laughs> and I'll give you lessons. If you want lessons, <laughs> we'll, we can talk. Come find me, Artemis Crow at artemiscrow.com. It's my email. You're welcome to email me. But but really, that that pains me. Uh -huh. It's very painful. Sure. To have I hear people say that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> look at it. That's fine. But um, because it doesn't have to be that way. Right. I, I want people to enjoy stories from every everybody that's out there working their heart out mm -hmm. to write the story and put it out to the public. I want the public to to get it and read it and love it. And, and reward that artist, but you, you've got to give to get. Yes. You've got to give of, of yourself absolutely. to get back. Yes. So. Well said. Well spoken. Thank you. Yes, Thank absolutely. You. Um, final question. This okay. is the, the last question that I ask every author who comes on the show. It's 100 years in the future. Okay. We're all dead and gone, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would really be ugly if I, <laughs> if I wasn't dead by 100 years. I would not be a happy camper. No, me neither. No. Uh, a young person goes into a library, hopefully there are still libraries oh, at that point in the future, yes. uh, approaches the librarian and asks about Artemis Crow. What does the librarian say about you? She worked her butt off. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 uh, yeah. There, I'd say that she loved her character, she loved her world, she wanted to create a story that would pull people in and talk about themes like how to be truly balanced, if, you know, if you're a Libra, how to control your own fate, you know, having free will, mm -hmm. um, have how, you know, just I'm I'm trying to give people things to think about, and, and this is not these are not preachy books. These are action adventure. Let's have fun. Lots of things going on. Blah blah blah. But I've had more than one person say, "You gave me food for thought," especially like the Libra book. Mm -hmm. I've had a few people tell me that, talking about being balanced and and not that we are not um, solely uh, who our parents are. We can be our own people. So that's just something that I talked about. So I'm trying to bring things like that into the books, talking about these, these various themes. But I just want, I want people to just have fun. That's what I'm doing with these stories. It's not literature. Uh, I am not N.K. Jemison, who is just a blow-me-away fantasy writer. She writes high fantasy. I don't know if you've read her mm -hmm. or not. N.K. Jemison. it's the Broken Earth trilogy. The fifth season is what I'm reading right now. It's the first book. It, it'll blow you away. It's a Hugo winner, so wow. it's, it's a big deal. Um, I don't know that I will ever get to that level, but you know what? There's room for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so it, for me, it's about giving them entertainment. I want them to just go, oh, what a ride. That was fun. Where's the next book? And so that's what I'm trying to do is, is have a good time, interject a little bit of serious thought about different themes and, and, and how the people around us affect us and, 
uh, and or they don't have to affect us if we don't want them to. Okay. So yeah, so that's that's kind of. But it's a fun. That it's a fun ride. Okay. That's what I'd want the librarian to say ultimately. Okay. It's a ultimately. fun ride. Because yeah. I was going to say, the librarian seems to know an awful lot about I'm you. I'm telling you. But she's <laughs> a fan. She's read them a hundred times. <laughs> well, there, at that point, there are so many books to read. Oh, I know. 25. Obviously, I mean, she, has, she has read them all, yes. yes. Nice. But then, yeah, I think ultimately for the people who might be interested in just a fun read, uh, something's fast-paced. You know, if there's not a lot of super, super deep you know, reflection just occasionally. It's peppered here and there. Okay. I just I want them to have a good time. Nice. Yes. Excellent. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Tell Me About Your Damn Book. I would love to thank my guest, Artemis Crow. It was a wonderful time. We had a, we had a great session today. Uh, the book is Libra's Limbo, and it's available on Amazon. Amazon, uh, Nook. You can get a Nook version or Kobo. Okay. There you go. Cheers. Cheers.